It is Thursday, August 18th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to another installment of our Team Insider Series. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And joining us today is a guest from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ready to provide some insight into the Pittsburgh Steelers is Brian Batko. Brian, thanks very much for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having me, Matt. Thanks for having me, Jared. How are we doing, guys? Doing great, right. but we want to know how Najee Harris is doing first because, honestly, I kind of forgot that he suffered the left foot injury back at the beginning of August, and then I saw on Twitter that you were mentioning Wednesday, I think it was, that he's been dealing with that foot throughout most of camp. So is this something that we should be concerned about, especially considering that Najee Harris is a first-round pick in most uh, fantasy drafts? No, I don't think so. I, I think it's minor, and it, it was one of those deals where maybe the Steelers saw their offensive life flashed before their eyes when he got stepped on early in camp and said, whoa, hold on. We're not rushing him back under any circumstances. Uh, we need him out there week one and for the duration of this season. So uh, it was probably a situation where he's just shut down a little bit. Uh, clearly not going to play him in that first preseason game last weekend. And uh, from the sounds of it, he's, he's not going to go this weekend as well. He said he hopes to maybe get some reps in week three of the preseason, but to be honest, guys, he really doesn't need it. Uh, he can hit the ground running as, as soon as uh, they get to Cincinnati September 11th. And I think it's just a matter of precaution. Would not allow that injury to affect uh, me in any way when it comes to determining his draft stock. Has he been practicing on a regular basis? He's been full since Monday. Um, you know, they were in pads those first couple of days, but he's not live in practice. He did, he's basically being treated like a quarterback here in Pittsburgh. Mike, Mike Tomlin and company do not want him taking any more hits. Don't step on him. Don't uh, lay, don't try to lay the wood on 22 to, to declare that you're here as an undrafted free agent. None of that. It, wrap this guy in, uh, in bubble and, and get him to the preseason or the regular season healthy. So yes, he's practicing, but um, not, you know, you might as well have a red Jersey on. Is Anthony McFarland the one that they tell him to go ahead and hit? <laughs> he's in there uh really any backup behind Najee Harris has to prove at this point that he can either take a hit or elude one because they need to find a reliable number two behind him Benny Snell is the guy who's kind of inherited that role but uh there's certainly been competition and, and Snell has dealt with uh, a knee injury of his own that kept him out of that per first preseason game so Anthony McFarland you know uh, you give him credit he, he took his shot and he, he ran with it uh, I think it was 56 yards on just seven carries against the Seahawks, but the, the, one of the stars, the darlings of, of camp has been this undrafted bowling ball out of Oklahoma State, Jalen Warren. I don't know that I'm quite ready to say he's going to be the handcuff to Najee Harris, but uh, he's doing a good job uh, with the reps he's been given, and he also scored a touchdown for Kenny Pickett the other night, and that certainly can't hurt when you're helping out the first-round pick. Yeah. Is it at least to the point with the, that backup situation where we can say, I don't know who would be the backup? Because that's important, too, for our fantasy purposes. Yeah, I would say so. It's it's a it's a mishmash of, of guys who uh, bring different skill sets, but no one has separated himself. That's for sure. Benny Snell, I really liked coming out of college a few years ago. And, you know, he's had his opportunities in game with the Steelers. You know, he's, he's got a hundred yard game under his belt. And he was kind of the, uh, you know, the, the caddy for James Conner here for a couple seasons. But uh, at this point, he's in the last year of his rookie deal. He needs to cement himself as that number two, or, he, uh, or he's going to have to feel worried about his future here 
going forward. McFarland's got speed in this, this young guy, Jalen Warren. Like I said, he's very low to the ground, kind of shifty, hits the hole hard and, you know, runs with a little bit of power, but he also fumbled in that first preseason game and coaches don't like when running backs fumble. Um, getting back to Harris before we move to the passing game, should we expect either his carry share or his target share, maybe even both to come down a little bit from the heights of last season? Logically, no, because this offense still needs him and he's still the best player on it, I think. But I just don't know how you can predict a guy to lead the league in touches two years in a row. I mean, if it's if it's him or the field, you kind of have to go with the field because things happen, injuries and, you know, maybe somebody else does step up to uh, grab the bull by the horns when it comes to that backup running back uh, duty. And I also think just when you think about game script or game flow with this Steelers offense, I don't think there's going to be quite as many dump offs to him as Ben Roethlisberger leaned on last season in his final year. I think they're, they're going to try to push the ball downfield a little bit more with Mitch Trubisky uh, or if Kenny Pickett ends up, you know, in that role at some point this season, he'll do the same. So I think that alone uh, could lead to fewer, um, you know, I guess, ad lib touches for Najee Harris, if that makes sense. What have you seen as far as, you know, his passing game usage in camp, you know, in, in this Matt Canada offense and I, it, it, you know, that's another question, I guess. Is the offense going to look different without Ben Roethlisberger around? So I guess that ties into this. But, you know, are they featuring Najee in the passing game as far as screens, you know, working him downfield a lot? Is he getting split out wide at all? How, how big of a part of the you know, designed passing game do you think he's going to be? I think it's going to be similar to last year. I don't think that's going to change much. But I just, like I said, I don't think they're, they're going to use him as the safety valve as often because I think they are going to try to take more shots downfield than Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool or, George Pickens. So yes, I, I think he'll still be featured. I think he's still a really good pass catching running back. And I think they still want to use that asset of his game, but you know, they, they've got to, they can't be throwing quite as many short, short screens and asking him to go, uh, go get the first down marker from seven, eight yards away. So, um, you know, it, it's, it remains to be seen exactly how much this offense is going to change. Matt Canada told me on Monday that at least in the first preseason game, they didn't run a single play that they didn't run last year in the regular season. However, I would say with Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett or even Mason Rudolph running those plays, it just looks a lot different, the options that they have and the options that they choose to use than when it was Ben Roethlisberger doing it. So George Pickens, the star of Steelers camp, probably the single buzziest player in the entire NFL over the last Yeah, month. you guys would know better than me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've, you've seen it, so that, that's cool. I just you mean know, in like terms of where he is right now. I know every camp has a guy who, oh, he's, he's lighting up the veterans and everybody's talking about him. But, yeah, I mean, it, it does sure seem like Pickens is right up there with any rookie yeah. receiver in the league for the buzz he's getting. For sure, yeah. So I, I think our question from a fantasy standpoint is, you know, is there room for him to sort of deliver production-wise on that hype when you have Deontay Johnson just got the contract extension, you know, saw a boatload of targets the past couple of years. Chase Claypool has obviously flashed potential over the past couple of seasons. And I think there are quarterback questions in Pittsburgh. So, you know, is, again, is, is there room for Pickens to deliver on this hype so far? I, I think you'd have to have a Cooper Cup triple crown season to match the hype right now that is preceding him. So uh, in that sense, to answer your question, no, but it, there, there's room for him to, to contribute and produce for sure. I mean, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson got that you know, contract extension. I was a little surprised that the Steelers did that just because of the, the other options they have in the room and how promising it's been so far for Pickens. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, Chase Claypool didn't exactly light it up in, in year two. He kind of leveled off. Uh, and, and in terms of a scoring uh, department, he, he regressed majorly from year one to year two. So I, I think that the jury's still out on him a little bit. And, and like Najee, he's been banged up 
for most of camp. He, he said he does want to get some reps with Mitch Trubisky and, and all the quarterbacks before he goes into the regular season. So, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll be able to see him this week and or next to get a feel for uh, his playmaking ability and, and what he can do this year. But either way, I, I think they're, they're going to have to go to Pickens. He's, he's too talented to, to keep him off the field. He's too talented to not look his way when they're on the field. Um, you know, I don't know that the production is going to match this hype, but uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to have a nice rookie season. And uh, I do think he'll be he'll be up there with some of the you know top rookies right now at, at his position. I, I wouldn't bat an eye at somebody uh, you know, drafting him uh, on the upside potential alone. You mentioned that Chase, Chase Claypool's missed a bunch of camp time with the shoulder injuries. So this you know, might be tough to answer, but how, how do you see his role changing in the offense this year? I guess, especially with the with the change in quarterback. Well, I do think they're going to use him inside more, Jared. I think they're going to, you know, kind of use him as that Juju Smith-Schuster role, but with a higher ceiling because Juju was essentially a, a short yardage weapon by the end of his time here. And, you know, his, his last season was marred by the shoulder injury that, that kept him out uh, from week five and, until the playoff game, I think it was. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, a position that the Steelers need to fill for sure. They were running Ray-Ray McLeod out there in the slot a year ago. They've, they've been reticent to use Claypool there because of his – size, weight, speed combo on the outside. But uh, he did that in college at Notre Dame. He likes that. Mike Tomlin has talked a lot about how you need all different shapes and sizes when it comes to slot receivers in today's NFL. So uh, I think you'll see Pickens and Deontay Johnson on the outside a lot with Chase Claypool trying to create mismatches with people on the slot. And how about this this quarterback situation? I think most of what we've read coming out of Pittsburgh has been negative on these three guys. I thought they all played pretty well in the preseason opener, yeah, though. Um, so what are your expectations for the group? You know, who do you expect to be under center week one? And then do you expect that we'll see Kenny Pickett at some point this season? Definitely expect Mitch Trubisky to be there week one. And uh, I do think that, that Kenny Pickett is going to be heard from before the end of the regular season. I was lukewarm on, on the Trubisky edition. And I think uh, I think he's had a lukewarm camp performance as well. The preseason game, you know, he, he looked the part. He did what he had to do to to move the offense. But you know that they weren't totally sold on him just by the fact that they did take Kenny Pickett in the first round. So I, I don't know if there's a succession plan in place or if they're just going to kind of ride Mitch until, uh, until he struggles. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's still the great unknown with this offense, right? I mean, coaches and, and teammates can say all the nice things they want about these guys and, you know, they can throw all the darts they want in exhibition. That's not the same as doing it in the regular season. And with Trubisky, he's, he's going to have some rust to knock off from that perspective. Didn't play much last year. In Buffalo, Mason Rudolph, you know, I think that that ship has kind of sailed on him to be the guy here in Pittsburgh. And Kenny Pickett has no NFL experience to speak of. And it's, it's going to be a, um, a transition for him no matter when he gets in there. So uh, I think this offense could, could certainly struggle out of the gates, no doubt about it. But uh, they just hope they, they can do enough and, and that they'll have a dominant defense for that to be their winning formula. With the questions at quarterback, and I know the Steelers were like top five in pass rate last season um you know do you, I, I think we're expecting them to shift pretty significantly to, to the run this season would you agree yeah as much as you can do that in today's NFL I think you know you also have to think about keeping Najee Harris fresh and uh you don't you don't want to run the wheels off of them especially too early in the season but I, I do think it's going to flow through him I think that's what they want their identity to be a lot of that's going to depend on you know can the offensive line get that done uh, they struggled in a, in a big way last year. They've, they've added a couple new pieces, but no huge names. So they need the hole to be greater than the sum of its parts there up front. And uh, they had some issues in, in pass protection Saturday night, but they were they were pretty good 
uh, opening some holes for Anthony McFarland and company in the running game. So if, if Najee Harris can get that same kind of wiggle room and that same kind of, uh, you know, open field in, in front of them, then, then I think, yeah, that's that's absolutely a way that this team can win. You mentioned the defense, and I, it's it, pretty straightforward in Pittsburgh in terms of yeah. who's going to be starting where. But there are a couple of question spots for those of us who like to play a complete fantasy league and include IDP. Oh, man, the real sickos. <laughs> That's right. As sick as you want to get. So who's <laughs> going to get the full-time snaps among the non-edge linebackers for these Steelers? Is it going to be Miles Jack leading that group this year? I think so. Devin Bush has, has been a disappointment. You know, They drafted him to be that sideline-to-sideline hundred some tackles every year type of guy never leave the field just hasn't panned out he had an injury last year he struggled to bounce back from that torn ACL but I think Miles Jack's gonna have a really nice year he he looks rejuvenated there was some talk that maybe he'd lost a step uh, after what year six in in Jacksonville but he was a young rookie he hasn't even turned 27 yet you know there's a lot of tread on the tires don't get me wrong but um, you know, I, I think he he's spoken about this being a fresh start for him to get out of the, the Jaguar situation and uh, I do think that they're going to throw him right into the fire here. And he's uh, he's looked spry. He's looked athletic to me. Uh, I don't think he's going to be leaving the field much, if at all, for the Steelers at inside linebacker. Do they have uh, Minka Fitzpatrick calling the plays in the huddle when he's in there? I know he was off the field for a while, but they, they don't tend to have the green dot on the linebacker, right? They do tend to have it on a linebacker. We actually just talked to, to Minka yesterday, and it was kind of a logical question. You know, are you going to get that green dot since you're you know, two-time All-Pro, everybody – raves about what you see from the back end but he said no he said it's it's generally Steelers tradition to give that to an inside backer and I, I think that's going to be Jack I'd be surprised if it isn't um so yeah I, I think that'll be another reason why he's he's going to be a guy playing a hundred percent of the snaps or close to it nice well we like to hear that from a production standpoint and then yeah. my other question is the cornerbacks it looks like Levi Wallace Cameron Sutton are probably going to be the top two who is going to be the third or you know am I wrong about one of those top two you're so wrong. That No, I'm just kidding. I do think, though, that Levi Wallace might actually be kind of that de facto three, because I think they like Akella Witherspoon a lot. Um, you know, he came late uh, last offseason, you know, it, it, right before the regular season started, actually. So he was slow to get up to speed in this defense, but he ended up leading the team with three interceptions, uh, really long, rangy guy on the outside. Uh, I mean, they're, they're going to be in, in their nickel defense the majority of the time to match up with three wide offenses. So I think you'll see Wallace and Witherspoon on the outside, and Cam Sutton will be the the versatile uh, slot defender and uh, will help them out a lot in pass coverage. So they're, they're kind of like the O-line with the Steelers, no huge names. You need them to, to gel and be a group that is, uh, you know, better than what you think when you just look at the personnel. Of course, for fantasy purposes, all we need them to do is stay on the field and collect tackles. We don't need them to be good. So, <laughs> well, Picking off a pass helps too, right? <laughs> That's right. We'll definitely take those. Well, we couldn't have asked for more from you who covers the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can check Brian out at postgazette.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Batko. Brian, thanks again for joining us today. No problem. Thanks, boys. You can find every episode of the Team Insider Series and the rest of our podcast episodes on DraftSharks.com, on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you like to get your podcasts. Please subscribe. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Uh, you can get notified whenever a new episode drops. The NFL season is fast approaching, but we have lots more content coming on the pod channels. And of course, there's loads of content and the draft tools available now on DraftSharks.com. So become a DS insider there. Jared, if people do that, they will find the perfect draft series, which just hit the website this week. They're done. They're done. Always feels good to get those done. They're, they're awesome. Though. I mean, round by round, detailed game plans. 
depending on PPR and non-PPR and where you're picking in the draft, which obviously matters a lot. So definitely check those out before you head out to your draft. Yeah, they are so useful because they are so tedious to put together. But we suffer through them every year just to try to help you win your drafts. So they are there. Check them out along with all the other Draft Sharks content. For our guest, Brian Batko, for Jared Smoll and the entire Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 